When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're having a fun time today going through these free agent uh, reviews by position today. Another good one with Dev Panchwa. Uh, Dev, how you doing, buddy? I am good. It's uh, it's getting exciting. You're seeing players hit the the I guess hit the news because they're getting released, and then we've got the the unrestricted free agents already out there that people have been sizing up. So uh, this is going to be one of the most exciting off seasons in NFL history, I think, because of the salary cap uh, mayhem. Mm-hmm. So uh, looking forward to getting into all that with you. Yeah, we're going to talk about the defensive line today. Uh, here, important note, and you just brought this up. It's March 11th today. So these will all be released by the 17th. But as you mentioned, there may be significant changes to the free agent landscape before then with additional uh, COVID-related cap casualties. Yeah, no, for sure. It's it's fluid. So uh, I would imagine there will be some updates. And it's the type of climate where you and I could have this conversation. And then all of a sudden, somebody hits the somebody gets released and it's like, Oh my goodness, this is a guy you have to re completely plug out your, your original game plan for, for defensive line and just go pursue him. That's the type of climate we're in. Yeah. And, and honestly that could lead to a domino of additional cuts potentially and in, including uh, uh, ones on the Ravens. If they found a young player, you know, they've got a couple older defensive linemen who could be cut uh, not in an ideal situation probably, but, 
who knows, you know, in the, in this world we live in. Um, all right, well, let's start. And I think it's always important to start with what the Ravens situation is currently themselves. I mean, they, they are sitting with an older defensive line, which, by the way, tells you right off the bat that, it, that an active free agency might not be that likely. Yeah, right. I mean, they've kind of made their um, commitments um, financially and also just prioritizing the established players that they have on their line. Uh, but, but it's a good bet. I mean, we got some idea from Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh. They had their pressers recently that one of the priorities is keeping Brandon Williams. Um, he's the most notorious player that I think is talked about in the circle that, you know, is he a good cap casualty candidate? Uh, it does make sense based on how much they value him as a Raven. I mean, you think back to all the efforts they've made between giving him this big contract between, I mean, they really, he's one of their, their prized players. And I think as a locker room guy, he obviously has a tremendous amount of value. So, and he's obviously been the linchpin for the run defense for, for a long time. So I think that he's a guy that you, you should just kind of account for him being in, in the mix going forward. But to your point, uh, he's also someone that could be a, a chess piece that they are not chess piece, but just kind of some of that gets released as part of uh, an effort to maybe move on another position for perhaps. Right. I mean, the Ravens are, are very old on the defensive line. And the point I make is that they need to get younger quickly. Brandon Williams, last year, his contract. Calais Campbell, last year, his contract. Right. Uh, Derek Wolf, a free agent at 31. So if you resign him, it's going to be a short-term situation. And the only really young player they have that's exciting on the team right now is Justin Matabike. <laughs> and uh, he's been terrific. Uh, and they struck out, I, th- I believe, on their other pick. Broderick Washington uh, didn't have a good rookie year before the year before him. It was Daylon Mack, who didn't have an impressive rookie year and eventually got cut. Uh, the Ravens you know, are in a position where they may really need to draft two defensive linemen this year, though that won't be particularly sexy. Yeah, it smells like that could be a possibility. Uh, it's kind of like when we had that conversation about cornerback where you're like looking at it and you're like, okay, on the surface, there's a lot of top heavy, like just physical ability. They're covered well here. Then when you peel back a bit, you see that guys' contracts are up. They're old. This is the, one of the oldest positions on the, the team, right? Mm-hmm. So if not the oldest, um, it makes a lot of sense, I think, where mid-round selections, but but then you look at it and you say, well, mid-round selections, they haven't been able to hit on those. So I think Matt Abike is, um, I've got high, high hopes for him. I know you've mm-hmm. talked about him glowingly as well and just your reviews. I think he's the type of guy that could break through and just, if you give him more snaps, he could really, um, that could be one route, right? Like you just give him more mm-hmm. snaps and you just let him start. But yeah, to your point overall, I do see it being addressed in the draft. I, I think it could cause Ravens fans some consternation because it could be, they might draft a defense alignment instead of a receiver, but um, it could also be completely valid given that free agency probably won't, and we'll get into it, but, there that might just have to be the route they go because uh, this is a very specific system and who they bring in, they, they groom and they get them in a, like Brandon Williams is a perfect example, right? They've, they've mapped it out. They've, they've really developed their players in house. So all that being said, I, I think, yeah, two players could easily be drafted and that wouldn't be a wrong move. Yeah. 
So one of the things about getting younger is that free agency is not typically the place that you do that. Unlike some of the other positions, though, and, and we really noticed this when we reviewed the outside linebackers, it's, it's a very much an older group. There's a lot of variation in age in the defensive line group. You have players like Ndamukong Su, who's out there at age 34. We talked about him or Tyson Alualu, who is a, you know, a specific run defender who, who could help the Ravens probably at the right price. But uh, and maybe even that's if you got Tyson Alalo, maybe that's the player you let Brandon Williams go for if you if you trade. But just go through. There's a lot of variation in age and there are some young players out there, most of whom the Ravens are not going to be able to afford. Solomon Thomas is out there. who's 26 years old. I'm sure he came up in your review. He came up and then I omitted him. (laughs) I'm like, what is the reality that this is going to even happen? But. He is, it's your, you make a great point. We, I saw the same thing when I was looking at the list. I'm like, there's a lot of 27, 28, and then you get up, up, up in age and not to say that it's not worthwhile uh, to invest in those players because, because it, uh, frankly is going to be, um, a tight squeeze for a lot of teams. So there might be an opportunity for, for you to, you could maybe get a Solomon Thomas on a cheap one, two year deal. It's possible with all the other teams that don't really have much to spend, but, uh, yeah, I, the, the age group is concerning. And I don't know that if you make a move on maybe not Solomon Thomas, but some of the other guys that I don't know that it's a, a, an upgrade. I think it's kind of like just a lateral move and you might be moving some resources around. You could make a case, like you said, okay, like what if we release Brandon Williams, you sign Tyson Alalu, fill, fill that gap. And then you, you maybe let Wolf go as well. And you're just like, all right, well, we'll give Matabuke some more snaps, but we'll also add another veteran defensive end. Uh, one of the guys on my list, for example, um, is an old Raven Lawrence guy. Um, Mm -hmm. so that could be an option and that's not a sexy option, but that's kind of what we're looking at with this group. No, he certainly he's he's functional. He played well in New England, probably even better than he did in Baltimore. And I thought he was a very good player for Baltimore in his last year uh, here in particular. But uh, he's 31 years old uh, and he is like Derek Wolf, um, you know, like Brandon Williams. He's a he's a a shorter term option uh, in terms of of how long you're going, uh, how long you'd have him here. Uh, There's another ex Raven that's out there, Brent Urban who you know, certainly is a pretty good player with the Ravens in terms of being a run defender and was an unbelievable snap monster, very much similar to Wolf in that regard and in both terms of position and, and, and what he does well on the field. But uh, he's also 30 now, and uh, he still has not struggled old in the NFL. Yeah, that, that's surprising to me that he's 30. Uh, but yeah, he's... Um... He's another, actually, he's a good call out uh, more so I think than Lawrence guy who, who might be dangerous, you know, in terms of you bring him in and he could just be uh, about to fall off a cliff. But I think Brent Urban legitimately had like had some good reps with the bears. Uh, he, he played well uh, from, I saw a couple of their games on primetime. So he showed up, he wasn't, uh, he's not, again, this is, to, to, and I, don't know, I don't know, you and I, you, you and I are on the same page about it, but I, again, you're still splitting some of those snaps uh, with Matt Abuke. So I think the if you're looking at him rotationally and then you fit him in on some third down play or whatever it is, right? Like what you did with Wolf, that's mm-hmm. fine, I think. And I don't have a problem with that kind of outlook. And then you bring someone in with those very specific snaps, high volume or high value, to volume snap almost. You kind of have to just map right. it out that way. 
Yeah, Urban was really great in his time at Baltimore at playing most first and second down snaps and then being a part of some third down packages, but not all. So he's he's not really ever been a great pass rusher, and he's always had kind of a atypical run defense snap to pass rush snap. Uh, uh, ratio, which is telling you he's playing mostly on first and second down. Um, what I what I kind of like about that is that currently they're using Matabike for a, a fair amount of those first and second down snaps. Maybe with his quickness and the ability to stunt and whatnot with Matabike, having Urban for first and second down means mm-hmm. you move Matabike into more of a third down look. And they play slightly different positions because Urban is really more of a natural five tech, but nobody gets to play that exclusively in the NFL anymore. Because you play so much nickel, there isn't really a five tech. Yeah, and he, yeah, he has to end up playing a th- playing a three. three. Yep. Yeah, and 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 so I, I don't think it's unreasonable that that you you could see Matt Abike take a bigger pass rush role this league uh, this year and have you know a player like Brand Urban come in and be a big big value on on first and second down playing with with uh, probably both um, uh, uh, Williams and Campbell on those downs. Right, I like that school of thought. Actually, I mean, that totally would be in favor of that you give Matt BK the those snaps get him go, going on past pass rush downs and then envisioning whoever they bring in if it is urban for example and, and urban's a good uh, guy to think of because mm-hmm. he has proven himself to be able to play on those run uh, first downs so mm-hmm. um he's his length his size leverage he's figured out how to play i remember when he first started out it was it was tough because he his height would kind of be uh, he's very Clayus Campbell like like he's he's got to play low but it's tough for him to get low so I think he's figured all that out and turned into a pretty good player um, maybe not quite as good as I think the physical raw ability he had, he had coming out of college but he's he's turned into a nice ball player so yeah I would, I'd be all for that and I think just giving Matt Abuki the chance to unleash and unleash him on on those pass downs I would love to see more of that and from the three tech like you said like inside position. Um, so I, I think that would be a good way to, to approach it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's kind of go through from, I guess the top down and talk about your three or four guys you really like for the Ravens. Uh, and, and I'll kind of respond to each. Sure. Uh, so one of the guys, I mean, I don't know if they, I don't know how realistic some of these guys are. So Shelby Harris is, I'm going to start with him. I think he would be. Like, let's say, again, a hypothetical where you're not bringing back Wolf, right? When you're talking about possible upgrade, I think he could be a possible upgrade. He's the same. I think he's the same age, which is funny to me. Again, getting back to this group of players that I'm like, how are they 30 and 31? Like, I just remembered that they were younger guys because Harris is part of that group of Denver players that, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's part of that group. Uh, Barrett was, he's part of that group, right? Like the Barrett um and then they ended up having um ray who they drafted so they, they had a bunch of guys on that that defense and mm-hmm. it, it's just they never got like full full uh they never got the full time to shine so i mean not, not that he's been there but i think he's played really well for them really good ball player honestly I and mean, i think uh could add a little bit of an extra dimension um but I don't know how realistic he is from a financial standpoint. So that's, that's yeah. I mean, he's 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 going to get paid. Yeah, I mean, he's been extremely good. Yeah, so he, right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I think you you hit it because I think I saw a projection for like 
a three-year deal for thirty million or something like that. So. That sounds about right. I mean, that sounds about right in terms of of looking at snap count. He's uh, he played about forty percent of the snaps last year. The the previous year he played about sixty percent of the snaps. So uh, he's shown an ability to to be more durable than he was last year when he missed about four games at midseason. Uh, when he's in there, he's a terrific player in pretty much all aspects. Uh, so I, 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 I he's going to get paid. A very disruptive player. He's a seventh round draft pick of the Raiders. He was drafted number 235 overall. That has got to be one of the best ever seventh round picks. I know Hushman Zada was drafted around then, but it's very rare for a seventh round pick to be that good. Yeah, for sure. No, you, you don't hear about that typically. So, uh, and, and I was wrong. He's 29 right now. So actually 30 in August. Yeah. So, so age wise, um, good, right? Like pretty good, not ideal. You want somebody maybe like 25 or something, 24, 25. Yeah, but, players aren't free agents then. So you really have to, those are the guys you have to get from the draft. But, but you're, yeah. if you're the youngest free agent in this year's crop, that's a good player, Solomon Thomas, who's 26 or will be for the season. I don't remember if he's already crossed that threshold or he's going to be before the season. And then after that, you have Ogunjobi at 27, Dalvin Tomlinson, 27, Rankins at 27. Yeah. The, the point is that if you went to another position, there isn't even that sort of variation in terms of age. Right. Uh, the players tend to be typically uniformly older. Yeah, totally. Right. So it's a tough mix uh, to, to sift through in terms of, you know, almost like getting uh, a nice, like medium ground, but uh, yeah, he's, he's been terrific to your point. Seventh rounders, uh, typically receivers. Yeah. I've heard of a couple of receivers doing well. I think uh, mm-hmm. maybe if I'm not mistaken, Marcus uh, Colston. It was the Packers receiver uh, that I'm drawing a blank right now, but um, before the Devonte Adams group uh, with Jordy Nelson and them. Uh, but anyway, they, they had a seventh rounder who I think performed well, and I'm just hmm. blanking on the name right now, driving me crazy. But I think I think Marcus Donald Driver, Donald Driver, I think Donald Driver. All right, he was a seventh rounder, but yeah, this this guy is is. In the prime, you could argue he's, he's a good ball player. To your point, probably out of their price range, but I think could would be an upgrade for sure. I, like he, mm-hmm. if they brought him in, he would he would be um, worth it. But depending on how you view that money allocation, yes, Donald Driver is drafted number two thirteen overall in nineteen ninety nine. But yeah. Uh, uh, Let's let's talk about another player. Who do, who else do you like that's in the group now that maybe would or wouldn't fit into the Ravens' uh, uh, budget? Well, along those lines, it's interesting. I had Jarrell Casey on my list, and mm-hmm. here's another situation. It's interesting because I thought he was somebody that could be worth looking at last year. Uh, which and, the, and then the Broncos made that trade for Casey. Um, which was a good, it was looked on the surface as a good trade. I know he didn't stay healthy last year, uh, but he's a, he's still, if he's, if he's got something left, he again presents a skill set and I think an ability to get after the quarterback that is unique. Um, that he can split gaps. He can get into the backfield quickly. He's disruptive. We saw what he did in that uh, Tennessee t- Ravens playoff game a couple years ago. So he can be really good in that role. Um, and, and I would be, uh, it would be really intriguing to see him paired with uh, Matt BK or kind of like, how could you maybe leverage those two guys or, or kind of play around with them? But um, yeah, he's somebody, I think, is, is he one of these guys that might linger on the, 
on the free agent list for a little while because he gets uh, lost in the the shuffle. Um, he's 31, so he's he's again same age uh, roughly as as you know Derek Wolf, right? 31. So yeah, so Wolf I think might be a little bit younger, but Casey turns 32 in December, and and okay. I I have the numbers the numbers for ages I have and that I'm reporting here are all what is their football age this year, which is usually 1231 is how they define it. Yeah. So that's fair. So that I think is something you have to take into consideration. And in addition to the fact that he was mostly hurt last year. So um, just pulling up the stats for right now and he barely played. <laughs> so Den- Denver cut, cut him loose quickly. Um, and I think that was a clear one year rental type trade. Um, the question is then, you know, what is his value? I mean, he's good. He's basically can, he's been, highly productive though as a pass rusher i would say yes like his entire career he's at minimum given in five sacks so if you can bottle that up and and get something out of that i'm i'm okay with that i think that's an interesting move if they don't bring back wolf yeah it'd be a it'd be a philadelphia phillies of the 1980s move the philadelphia phillies made had an unbelievable response to getting older is they went out and they signed a bunch of even older players like, you know, Pete Rose and other other players until (laughs) finally they, they had a a bunch of young players ready to replace them who weren't bad. But uh, it it would be an interesting move to go out and get a player like Casey when you're already constructed the way the Ravens are and need to get younger. The Ravens, let's just make one more point about this. The Ravens need to get younger on the defensive line doesn't necessarily come from the abilities of those players because the older players they have are very good mm-hmm. on the defensive line. They're among the best players on the team. And the Monstars certainly all showed up when we were when they were there, played well last year. The problem is they need more money for the offense. They have historically underpaid offense that they have to convert defensive salary cap to there. Getting rid of Earl Thomas, big help. Uh, you know, they've got a bunch of expensive cornerbacks and you can't spend at every position on defense. So that means they're going to have to stay cheap at inside linebacker where they are currently. They can't spend their entire wad at outside linebacker. And they probably need to cut the total spending on the defensive line, which happens after 2021, but isn't mm-hmm. going to happen for this year. It doesn't look. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head because and we're going to keep going through this list, but a lot of the considerations here are swapping one guy for another one year, two year um, kind of maneuvering if it makes sense financially. And also in some cases, if you're just valuing a certain skill set or ability versus another, but I don't think, um, you know, I think, I think Casey would, like in this example, right? I think if you're saying if you're Dacosta, and I think he articulated their approach to building a roster so well, I thought a couple mm-hmm. of days ago when he said, sometimes you value that trait a little bit more. You look at Casey and you say, all right, he's like an elite pass rusher at this position. So maybe we just got to go for it like they did with Yannick. You know, so just kind of like if it's in that respect, and the money makes sense, then I could see it. But otherwise we're not talking about like, uh, this is not like to your point, because there's a knock on the guys that are, are currently under contract here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, that was a great interview from DaCosta. Uh, what is it yesterday, two days ago, whatever it was at this point, but really gives you a lot of confidence about the guy's ability to, to be a very great GM in this league for years to come. Oh, and I love that comment because to me, I know you and I kind of bang on the dr- uh, bang on the table sometimes for certain. Uh, again, getting back to a trait, right? He he described mm-hmm. it so well. A dominant trait. I'm okay with paying a password specialist 
Now, does he have? I mean, I know we know the Ravens historically want somebody more versatile, can play the run, can drop into coverage. But sometimes it is what it is. Like a guy is just really good in an area that you're deficient in. So it, it confirmed to me that they, and I, I don't necessarily need him to confirm this because I know he's smart enough to know that and pour over that. But it was just great to get that um, out there, right? Like that they know and they consider that. So, in a, I guess, kind of wheeling back to this point, I think. If Casey's um, around the same money as Derek Wolf, I would strongly be in favor of that. But At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. And they're satisfying to scratch, no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Wow, that would really be something if he was. Uh, you know, he's the kind of player, if they really want to go for it this year, and they think, you know, they work him out and they, they think he's healthy. They think he is where, where they want him to be physically. Um, I wouldn't have a problem signing him for three years with, uh, you know, one year being a void year, maybe four years with two void years kind of thing, where they're effectively really paying for the cap in future years. So this is one of the things that has come out. I've changed, kind of changed my philosophy in the last couple of weeks on this. Because there is expected to be with these new TV contracts, such a sharp increase in the cap mm -hmm. with the Amazon money and with the network money being much higher, it may be that the cap curve will be escalating so much that it really makes sense more than it has in the past to borrow those future dollars, which will be inflated today. And so yeah. to do that, you can, you can obviously do that with some void contracts and it really reopens the door to some players that we thought are already gone. The primary one being Matthew Judon. I think the Ravens honestly may decide. And if you look at the other, the rest of the outside line, I don't want to go too far on this, but the rest of the outside linebacker market is so flawed or weak or specific. Uh, Judon is really the guy in that group. And he's young at 28 relative to the rest of those guys who are, you know, a lot of them are over 30. Um, it just it just makes more sense to me now than it ever did, given what they what people are projecting for the cap to be the next three or four years. Yeah, I, no, I agree. Uh, it gets it can even get to that point because of the fact that when you the contract structures are are, are on the face of it you, you can make the argument that judon's like cream of the crop in terms of mm -hmm. a straight forward contract structure or there's going to be a group of a-listers that will just get paid and it will kind of line up like it normally does mm -hmm. i think structurally i don't know that he's in that group and i don't uh, i just don't like shaq barrett's a good example of a guy i could see yeah, being in that group, but then if you, even if you look at Tampa Bay re-signing Levante David, they they did have the voidable years in that contract, so it could just be everybody is going to fall in that same bucket. Now, the question would be, you know, for the for 
the players, it's almost like, do I take a ch- chance? And if it's, if it's uh, Judon debating between Jacksonville and Baltimore, um, with the similar structure, then, then it's pretty easy decision, right? Like you would probably want to stick in Baltimore because the teams that can spend, there's a, there's a nice mix of teams in there that are not contenders, at least Mm -hmm. not right now. So that, that there's a group like Cleveland, Baltimore that can spend, but, um, you know, they're, they're proven commodities almost. So that's also going to be, I think a sub almost component here. Right. The three. Com- I want to speak to that just for a moment, if I can. The, the three direct competitors, the Ravens, who philosophically are more or less aligned and also have money to spend, they're very dangerous to the Ravens. And they're going to they're compete for every one of the, the guys the Ravens wants. The Colts, the Jets, and the Patriots. And the Patriots, of course, play this whole bullshit game last year of having a bunch of people sit out, push forward a bunch of cap into right. now a time when it's very valuable. I mean, it was, a, it was completely... If, if you don't think Bell Belichick was entirely behind it, you're a rookie on earth, is what I've been saying. So, uh, you know, they completely you know, figured out how to game the system for a, for a COVID cap year. And they did a great job of it now. And they're in position to really take advantage of it. Um, yeah. And, and, and they, unfortunately they value outside linebackers and some of the traits the Ravens like in similar ways, the jets with, with Douglas coming from Baltimore, they value players, I think across the board. And you can tell that by the number of ex Ravens that are on the jets right now. Uh, and then the Colts of course are a contender. Uh, they have to address their quarterback situation and figure that out. But I think they're a team who's, who's going to try and contend and, and will compete with a lot of players with one of the highest cap numbers of all. Yeah, and the interesting thing about the Colts is they're kind of constructed similarly to the Ravens. They value a lot of the same traits. The defensive front construction's a, a bit dif- different because they play, I think, a cover three scheme. So they're, they're looking for a little bit different type of player up front, but that, that, that's minimal differences. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. the idea is, though, they, they value the same type of philosophy so yeah they and and to your point um their dollars is going to be tough uh, a tough thing to match up with um man ballard is amazing at i think managing the cap or some somehow some way roster construction wise they just have, have a way of uh, maximizing their salary cap space so uh, but that's pretty you, you nailed it and I, I think if you look at that group and then miami might be interesting too because uh, yeah. They have some similar philosophies, pass rush wise. Like, how do they deploy their their rushers? So, the Ravens would be competing um, with that group. But yeah, I guess ultimately, and with this edge group, they're going to have to make some decisions. Uh, which scheme do you favor? Um, the Ravens do have um, a lot of strong, uh, I think, attractive qualities for the, the players that are out there defensively to, to come here. Mm-hmm. All right. Anybody else on the list for you that you want to talk about specifically that, hey, we should get this guy or we should consider him? I don't know if I'm uh, putting the cart before the horse uh, on this player. And it's a bit of a uh, might be be cheating because we're talking about defensive line. And I don't know where he fits (laughs) into that. But Carlos Dunlap is an interesting guy. Uh, And I know that there's been some rumblings that Aaron Wilson had reported that the Ravens are interested in him now. I will defer to you because you're the, the, I think you're one of the, the best at pinning down where a player can fit within the structure of, of, uh, of a scheme, but you know, almost like down to down almost. So here 
Um, I would I would qualify him as a as a defensive lineman first, just mm-hmm. hands down pass rusher. That's all he's we we mostly know of him. I don't know if he's dropped much at all coverage situations, but um, he's one to one like a replacement for Yannick and Gakwe to me. I mean, he could yes he could play in do some inside. Uh, I, I guess he could line up inside a bit, but his size, his length. There's a lot to like there. Um, again, he's he's not a typical three four defensive lineman, but no, he's he's a four three edge. Four so, three guy. So so I, I we talked about him in the outside linebacker group. Um, I do kind of like him, despite the fact that he's 32. He just turned 32, in fact. Um, but at six six two eighty, what what he would hopefully add for the Ravens is the ability to play still on that edge on rundowns. He might fit the Ravens scheme. He might be a little bit too slow, but you're right. Then Yannick Ngakwe, if you bring him in only on passing downs and use him as a pass rush specialist, um, then, then I think you, you, you probably maximize his value. He'd be playing less snaps than he has in recent years. And by the way, he's been quite the iron man with Cincinnati for all these years. I mean, he's played, he hasn't played fewer than 600 snaps since his second year in the league. And that was 2011. So I mean, we're, we're that's nine straight years of 600 plus snaps at defensive end is really, really uh, hard to do. It's all about price. In his case, he played pretty well for Seattle at the end of the year. Uh, I think that, you know, there'll be some interest there. Uh, if it were two years, five and a half million kind of thing, if he fits into the middle class that kind of kind of loses out on a lot of the good contracts, I think he's in the Ravens price range. If he's two, two years, nine million, I think he's probably out. Yeah, I could see that. So we're on the same page about him. And I did want to sneak that one in one last name I had, and he's a real defensive mm-hmm. lineman <laughs> in the context of what we're talking sure. about. Michael Brockers who got cut uh, in very interesting case use case or case scenario here, because obviously he, he had a big contract lined up with the Ravens originally um, failed his uh, physical and, and they moved forward with Wolf. Now, what is interesting, I don't know that they would revisit this at all because obviously medically, if you didn't pass the first time, like why would you go down that road? But the only thing I, I'd like to throw out there is he played really well last year. He mm-hmm. had, I think, and I'd have to double check the numbers, but statistically he had one of his best seasons. We know that Rams defensive line was awesome, uh, but it's really interesting. I, I did a little bit of digging on him after the news went down that he was released and the Rams fans, the Rams followers love this guy. think mm-hmm. he's terrific. He's a, and don't know why he was released. Like they're, they're beside themselves that he was released because how can you protect um, Donald right inside? So he's kind of that bodyguard. He's a good ball player. They obviously vetted him and they know he can bring a lot to the table. So um, are you going to go reverse then and, and bring him in and, and he would be an upgrade for, for Derek Wolf? I don't know. That's yeah. I, I'm, I mean, one of, one of the things that comes to mind here is it might not just be the Ravens, not wanting to go back there because of some injury. It might be Brocker saying the Ravens reneged on their deal that, yeah, they found something bogus in terms of my injury here. But what they really decided is that Derek Wolf was a cheaper alternative. So they told me they were going to give me a $30 million contract for three years. And then they reneged on it because I had a hangnail and you know, I, I think I have heard things like that with respect to Michael Grant, uh, you know, the wide receiver from, from the uh, Redskins a few years ago. Oh yeah. Ryan Grant at the time. Yes. Ryan Grant. Yes. No, no. Ryan Grant was a, was the, 
Am I thinking about the same? same I think so. Player? The same um, thing went down with Grant. Yeah, he was with the Redskins. Yeah. He was slot receiver. Uh, there was bad. It was a. It was bad. I mean, mm-hmm. how he felt after the fact. So yeah, that's fair. Uh, but I wouldn't be so, totally shocked uh, if right. it went down. But that's so Brockers, that's Brockers went got back and got the same total contract value from the Rams, but it obviously was structured differently from what the Ravens had offered him, or at least I think it was, because he's gone after one year. Right. So right. Yeah. yeah. And and so of that list, and I'll just end on this, and I know you got guys on your name. I just mm-hmm. I would the guy I like the most uh is is Casey. And and everything we talked about, um, if you were able to do what you said, you know money wise it can fit and maybe you do give them a couple years on that deal i really like that fit if they were to pivot away from wolf but that's okay that's my piece on that no i i I would be i think you could structure a contract for casey maybe with incentives that would make it very good and since one of the nice things is since casey played only three years last year three games last year there's a good opportunity to structure nltbe incentives not likely to be earned Mm-hmm. that, that uh, you know exceed last year's numbers but allow you to put a l- large portion of the cap cost of the 2021 contract into 2022 and i know other teams are going to be looking at that too so the ravens aren't going to be uh, have a monopoly on that but they could certainly structure something i think where casey says play five games of course i can do that you know have you know x number of whatever else of course i can do that yeah uh, you know so it's it's going to be uh something could be structured i think that would that would push a lot of that money into next year. It'd be a very interesting way to approach the defensive line. I almost think they have to have an offsetting cut to get him in the fold. Yeah, I agree. All right. uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, we kind of ruled out already. I mean, the only other guy, there's some decent run stoppers. Uh, Damon Harrison is out there. He's 33 now. Mike Pennell, uh, a little bit unknown guy who's been a pretty good run stopper now for some years. I like uh, I like Brent Urban better uh, probably for that. Uh, is Leonard Williams? Did he? He didn't get tagged, so I assume he's still available. Is that correct? Oh, uh, you know what? I thought I saw that he did get tagged. That's why I, I held off, but I did not confirm that. It kind of doesn't matter because the Ravens can't afford him to. Matter <laughs> why. But yeah, that's like a dream. That's the that's the type of guy where you're like, all right, we'll just kind of we're just going to have to chuck the game plan out. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> So big, big uh, Kawan Shorts out there at age 32. You know, the only other name that's that, that maybe is out there that we I just mentioned briefly, but is Mr. One Year Contract himself, Adama Kung Su. Is right. there any, does he fit the Ravens in any way? I do not believe he does. I, I think he would just be frustrated playing in this scheme. Uh, and so, so I know they, I know that they vetted him couple years back. I forget who they, I know he was under their radar. They considered signing him. I'm just drawing a blank on who they ended up going with instead because it was between him and some other defensive end. And this was before he signed with Tampa. So it's mm-hmm. been a couple years. Uh, I apologize for that. But in terms of, yeah, I, I, if they did that much homework on him and supposedly were considering him back then, then there must be something to it. Can you play? Um, on certain downs, can you maximize his ability? Uh, I don't know what, how much he has left in terms of explosiveness and explosion and just sheer ability to um, get in the backfield and be disruptive. Um, I, I don't. Th- I don't know. I, I think he's okay. 
but I'm not crazy about it. Um, I don't think he, I think he seems like a good guy. Like, or I think he seems like a better guy now. <laughs> like he's, he's kind of cleaned up some of his acts. Um, yeah. not, not for nothing. Ken, I saw him do an interview with Shannon Sharp. I think Shannon Sharp's got a podcast and he said, Ray Lewis is one of the top five, uh, defensive players and on his top five list of all time. So he's got high reverence for, uh, the Ravens and Ray Lewis. That's, that's nice to hear. I, I, I just say for, that Sue has played 11 years in the league. He's averaged more than 900 snaps per year as a defensive lineman. That is incredible. Wow. What, what the Ravens perhaps could offer Sue, who appears to perhaps be in decline, even though he had a decent sack total last year, um, and, and is still getting the quarterback a, a reasonable amount. He played almost 1,000 snaps last year. At age 30, 33. Yeah. So would it make sense that the Ravens uh, uh, would bring him here on a contract for one year, probably have him expect to have a reduced snap load this year? And maybe that's not the kind of deal he wants. I mean, you know, maybe like everybody at this age, he wants to sign one more four year deal. You know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. But he, but if you could play one year incentive laden, um, and the Ravens, you know, would just have an understanding with him that he's going to his snap count's going to drop to six hundred and fifty this year. Yeah, and and he's only been, by the way, well, he's never been below about eight hundred and seventy snaps in a season. Never. Well, one time in his second year, he was he was just over eight hundred. But but he's but he's never been in the six fifty range. So it'd be interesting to see if that could rejuvenate his career and if he could if he'd really benefit from playing fewer snaps. Yeah, it's an interesting proposition. It's something that they're they kind of did it with with Campbell. With Campbell, exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's the pitch. And why why not? Right? Because he won a championship. He's got that off his resume. So I think at this point in his career, we don't know his motivations, but it could very well just come down to, I want to stay healthy. I want to play maybe one or two more years at a high level and then kind of right off in the sunset. Uh, and, and the Ravens do a good job of, of protecting their veterans, giving them time, to, you know, days off, things like that. So I think mm-hmm. on a macro level in terms of a pitch, I think that they would easily be able to make that pitch to him and that could hold some weight. Um, and, and they may value that. The question I guess would be, um, and I guess in this scenario, you're, 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 you're playing him, you're playing Campbell and Campbell can play end. So that's the, the, the advantage mm-hmm. on third downs. So you would just to supplant Wolf and then you play Matt BK and maybe do some, some rotation with those two or do some finagling, um, with Sue kind of alternating snaps, I guess. But I think that's my only question is if he comes on board, you know, uh, like how do you manage that? Uh, and who gets which snaps in, in pure pass rush uh, downs. Right. So they did have Wolf doing a lot of that last year. He got, a, he got many of those snaps largely because Campbell was out, but they also played a lot of the race car with four outside linebackers on the field. Right. So, you know, maybe McPhee loses some snaps on the inside. Maybe Ferguson loses some snaps on the inside. Those are both possibilities. Ward had some of those snaps on the inside. Also, he may not be here. So uh, the Ravens, it's not, I don't, I think, the least of the Ravens' problems would be finding a space for Sue to be useful on the field. The, the problem would be, uh, you know, is, is is he affordable, frankly, given how much of an Iron Man he's been his whole career? Yeah, I think he could fall in that group that's just kind of waiting. Uh, I don't think he's going to sign, be signed uh, immediately. I could be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. So that could help. And, um, and he might be selective, too. It might just be... 
there's a certain short list of teams that I'm going to sign with at this point in my career. Yeah, it's a good point because a player like Sue, you you have to give up maybe a fourth round draft pick or possibly even a third round draft pick, depending on how the the comps uh, you know foil out. But this is going to be an offset to a comp if they sign him during the early period. So yeah. it it doesn't make sense for him to be signed before that ends, and you have the you know free uncompified uh, signings you can make. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's in a good name though. I, I really, it's funny you brought him up, and he was under my radar but i just didn't uh, 100% see uh how he could fit you made a good case for it though and he and he's the type of player that the ravens um again like we said he's pers- they pursued him in the past and he's he's the type of player because of a lot of the credentials you laid out very specific skill set durable uh he's a good ball player he's 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 been one of the best at his position for a long time right so kind of like has a lot of the same qualifications as campbell uh, but not quite Campbell-esque, but just the idea of being, he's a good ball player, a veteran, you know what you're getting from him. He's going to be on the field. He's going to produce. So that, that all is stuff that they gravitate towards. Yeah. Uh, always a pleasure here. These conversations go so fast, Dev, but uh, always appreciate having you on the show, my friend. And uh, tell people where they can find your work. Sure. Thanks so much uh, for that. Uh, and I do appreciate these conversations. It's, it's funny. We, we just, as an aside, we started to talk about it offline and then it's like, how far can we go with defensive line? There's not too much to poke at, but turned out, was like, <laughs> uh, but love to have more of these conversations. I'm at uh, Dev Panchwa on Twitter. Uh, free agency is probably the, the most, uh, you know, in terms of engagement, you'll get from me. I mean, draft is kind of, I'm still a little bit behind there. So, but anyway, whatever questions you have, whatever you want to bring up, feel free to um, get to me there. And I also still, um, you know, of course, right for Russell street reports. So nothing at the moment, um, you know, I had a piece about the wide receiver coaches, which the Ravens recent wide receiver coach hires, which we talked about in a, in a previous podcast. So look out for that article. I have it pinned on my profile. Um, have a lot to say about that, but you know, future projects, coming up and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll intercede with free agent moves that the Ravens are going to make. Yeah, real good uh, discussion with Deb, by the way, on his wide receiver, on both of the two new receiving coaches, uh, passing game coaches, we'll call them uh, T. Martin, and I have to get the name right, but but Keith Williams. Williams. (laughs) Called him Keith Washington. Sorry about that. Um, But anyway, those two, that that article is, sorry, the podcast is up there, and Deb has some great comments on those guys, and I I really appreciated that discussion as well. Could uh, give it a look out there on the website. Folks out there, if you want to be on a film study short, just send me three short bullets, if you will, or or any information, any specific topic that's highly focused you want to talk about. We'll get you on as quickly as we can. Timely topics, always the best. Lots of people have been contacting me about Orlando Brown and and uh, things about that, but really anything is fine. Um, and uh, we'll, of course, look forward to having you uh, uh, show up on, on draft uh, coverage that we do. And uh, Dev, thank you again for coming on the show. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Breaking up is hard to do, but when it comes to your wireless carrier, you should have left a while ago. You deserve better. Xfinity Mobile. Break free from the big three. Get unlimited with 5G included for $30 a month when you get four lines on Xfinity Mobile. Prices may vary and are subject to change. Reduce speeds at 20 gigabytes per line. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. 
Everyday grab-and-go. Everyday giftable. Everyday fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. And they're satisfying to scratch, no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.